Hi, welcome to the Holy Fuck Podcast. I'm your host, Alexandra Roxo, author of Fuck Like a Goddess, creator of Radical Awakenings, transformational coach, and student of life. I'm here to stand with you asking questions about what is sacred and what is profane and the space between. Enjoy. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another solo episode with me on the Holy Fuck Podcast. I want to share today something about my relationship. Yes, you heard me right. Okay, so did you know that since I met my partner, Eli, we spend many weeks apart every year? Did you know that? I don't know if I've ever said that publicly. Um, If I did, tell me please later. (laughs) So. I want to share with you why this is so important and why having a balance of interdependence and a shared spiritual life and independence and an individual spiritual life is so important to any relationship and or family. Okay, so when I met Eli, he was like, oh, every January for 10 days, I go and sit in meditation. Um, He rents a cabin or uses a friend's cabin or whatever. So he goes and sits in a cabin for 10 days. He doesn't need anyone to hold the structure for him, like a Vipassana meditation, though he has done several of those when he was younger and served on them and et cetera. He's been meditating. Um, You know, he grew up in like a a family that had some spiritual life. Um, I think he started practicing yoga when he was, he showed me a picture of him at a Kundalini conference when he was, or Kundalini, um, what was it called? Solstice gathering when he was maybe 16. So he's been practicing yoga and meditation for, wait, let me do the math. Let's see. For 30 years. Oh my God. Um, so anyway, he's only been doing these 10 day meditation retreats, uh, I think for 15 years, only 15 years. Anyway, but I met him and I was like, yay, January, New Year's. And then we'll start the year together. And he's like, I start the year by going off into the woods and sitting in a cabin alone. And I was like, what? And I'm like, well, could you text me like a few days in, let me know you're alive. He's like, no, we'll have zero contact for that week <laughs> or that 10 days rather. And then it's like a day to get there and a day to come back. And the first time that it, that he did it, I like I was like, oh my God, like, what am I going to do? I can't talk to him. And I was a little nervous and we were newer in our relationship and I like busied myself so that I wouldn't feel his absence. And um you know, and then there are several other times a year where he goes into different retreat spaces, trainings. Um, he teaches in Denmark and he's away. And he basically said, you know, for those times, I'm also less available. Um, and in the past, every partnership that I've been in, like we've been able to talk whenever. So it was like very confronting to go, okay, there's a potential that for 30 full days of the year or even like 45 that we don't talk what the actual fuck however here i am two and a half years in eli's currently on day five of his meditation retreat and i'm living my best life (laughs) i'm not having anxiety not having worry 
I've actually stayed at our home in the mountains alone. And it's been a beautiful, beautiful time to have space for myself. And okay, the reason I'm telling you this is not just to tell you the ins and outs of my partner's meditation practice. I'm sure you love to hear about it. But it's because I don't think people spend enough time apart from their partners. I feel like it can become, there can become such enmeshment, codependency, and that taking time and space away from your partner is a really good thing. It's a really good thing. Okay, here's why. You get to have your own spiritual practice, relationship with your heart, relationship with your body, relationship with your yoni, relationship with God, goddess divine, relationship with your breath. If I were to ask you right now, tell me about your relationship with your breath. Tell me about your relationship with your heart. Would you be able to even answer me? Okay. So you get that. You also get to have a conversation with your business without your partner being around. Okay. So my partner is very masculine. He's been doing men's work, meditation, a lot of masculine-based practices for 30 years. Okay. So sometimes when he's around, I just feel like a flowing flower. (laughs) I don't know if flowers flow, but that's how I feel. I need him to go away sometimes so that I have a little bit of my own clarity and my own like fire around my business, around my social media, around my teaching, around my writing. So that's actually really potent. So for you, I'm asking you, whether you you know work for yourself or someone else or whatever, maybe you don't work, but I'm sure you have a passion or a hobby, but oftentimes those can get put aside when we have Someone we'd get to love all the time. Like I would be just, you know, happy loving him. I remember like maybe, God, how many years ago was that? Like six or seven years ago. I may have already told this story. Forgive me if I had, but I was working with a coach at the time. She was my second coach. My first coach was this amazing woman, Grace Kim in New York City. Shout out to Grace Kim. You're incredible. She is so incredible. She did hypnosis with me, all this stuff. I was going through career change. Uh, I'll link her in the show notes. Second coach who will remain nameless because of this anecdote I'm about to say. She's my second coach. Well, I was building my coaching business and we were on a call and she, people, women were sharing about their desires and I had a desire for partnership and, um, and she was saying how she, uh, she loved her, her man so much that she would just kind of follow him around the kitchen like a puppy and just never wanted to leave his side. And I thought, ew, gross. And this was me seven years ago, I think. Yeah. I remember I was like living in my friend Lulu's apartment. Totally. She saved me from like a total career transition, a slight rock bottom moment. And I had no money and I was building my business from scratch. And I had left my filmmaking business and she was amazing and like, let me sublet her place for like just a dollar basically because she was so kind and compassionate and I remember where I was standing in her house in her house in LA and Los Feliz um and uh and 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 I just remember thinking ew you want to just follow your man around the kitchen like a puppy who does that like how what kind of woman like acts like that, you know? And, and I remember I said something on the call, something like she asked, like what my response was. And I said, I could never see myself doing that. I don't think I'm that kind of woman. She was like, well, it seems like you've never really been in love. 
oh, shot to the motherfucking heart. And look, I had been in love. I've been in some beautiful loves, but I had never been in love with like a deep, present, conscious man who was more powerful than me, who had, you know, where I didn't have the control or upper hand in the relationship. So there's some truth to what she was saying, but it's, you know, pretty absolutist and a little, a little intense. Um, I found it to be hurtful to my heart. It's kind of like if I meet a woman with a closed heart, I'm not going to be like, bitch, your heart's closed, right? But that's how I felt she was saying to talking to me. And if I could go back and talk to me, I'd be like, love, seems like, you know, you have some walls and a little bit of hardness on your heart about what being devotion in a devotional love really is like. And I'm just curious, like, what would make you uh, lean in a little bit to the potential for that level of devotion or that level of love, you know? I think there are certain styles of coaches who are just like really sharp like that. And there are moments where sometimes that's necessary, you know, but that was very jarring for me. And it, it didn't really help my heart to soften, right? Like my heart was a little closed. I was a little stuck in my feminist, strong, independent woman who thought it was like below me to follow a man around and kind of like be so um, devotional or whatever. Um, I looked at it probably as more like subservient or something. And that, that just spoke to my heart. Like I'd never met someone who I wanted to, to do that with. Anyway, the reason I'm telling you that is because sometimes when I'm at home with my partner, I do feel just like, oh, I just want to be next to you. <laughs> and I never thought I'd be that woman, to be honest. I thought I'd be like boss bitching all day and like sexing by night. and um. Sometimes I just feel so soft and open and loving. Like I just want to love him and tend to the home. Um, and so I'm saying it's good for him to leave the house so that I can actually go, okay, I'm going into business mode, baby. <laughs> and not just for a day or a few hours, but for 12 days. And I can go, great. All right. I'm going to make some plans for myself. I'm going to... Um, take a look at the areas of my business that I need to refresh, the areas of my practice, my friendships and relationships that are outside of my romantic one. And that has been so essential. And that's been one of the huge gifts to him going away. And this is where having a spiritual circle that holds you, whether your partner's here or there, whether you're within a breakup or with you're in a new relationship, having that spiritual circle of women is so important so that you don't feel totally left in the dark if your partner goes out of town for two weeks or breaks up with you or whatever. That's what I do in my Radical Awakenings community. You have a spiritual through line. You have a place to come to practice, to feel and it's not dependent on your friends or your romantic partner, but it's your own place. Anyway, I'm very much an advocate of you having that space in your life. And another benefit of taking space in relationship is that when they come home, it's like, OMG, so exciting, so refreshing. You feel why you love this person so much, why you choose this person. You get to choose in again. You get to come back and go, you know what, love? I realize there's some things about our relationship that like, we haven't really talked about in a while. We need to talk about or something that's been bugging me. But it wasn't until we were away from each other for two weeks that I could actually see it. 
um, you know, there's a desire that I have that I keep burying or I feel embarrassed to tell you or whatever. These are the things that require space and time. And that is another one of the huge benefits to within a romantic partnership, taking time and space of no contact, time apart. It's hard though, I will say. I just, you know, imagine right now you don't talk to your partner for 12 days. And now I, I've done this in my relationship. I don't know. We've been together two and a half years. I mean, I've done this at least two to three times a year. So one, two, three, four, five, seven. So like eight, I've had eight or eight or so of these kind of stints. And some of them haven't gone well. Some of them have been anxious, dysregulating. He comes home and I'm a mess. And I'm just like, or he's come home sometimes. And I'm in like, I've gone to LA and I'm like, I'm I'm back in the boss bitch energy. And like, I'm fierce as fuck. And like, I like, he gets in the car and I'm like, this is all the incredible things I've done in my business. And I'm doing great. And he's like, whoa, I've just been sitting in a cave for 10 days you're really intense right now. He doesn't say that, but I can see it on his face. So I learned that the hard way where like, it was just so awkward for him to come home or to, you know, I picked him up. I, I can't remember where I picked him up, but, and, um, and uh, bless his heart. Oh, I think he took a plane to meet me. Yes. After one of his retreats, that must've been in 2021. So after being in silence for 10 days, he had the kindness to get on a plane to Los Angeles to come be with me. And then he, he got in the car at LAX and I was on one. I, I, it was as if I had drank five coffees. I was like, so hyped by the LA energy and the fierce boss bitch energy. I just watched the Billie Eilish documentary and I was like, I'm going to wear baggy pants. And <laughs> it was just a whole funny moment. And it was fine. We found each other, but it wasn't an easy moment um, because I think there was an instability within myself of not having any contact with him that I went back to sort of some of my old patterns of over self-sufficiency, over independence, um, over functioning as a woman. Now, the last few times it hasn't been like that for sure. I will say, you know, if you do this with your partner, whether they're going on a trip or a camping trip or whatever meditation or not, um, make sure that you really tune into the transition period after Give them space to land. Like, don't, you know, don't come in with all your demands or desires or needs or processing or whatever or shares about all the incredible stuff you've done. Like, don't come in with it hot. Just wait a minute. Let them land. Let them come to you. You know, give them space. I don't know. Not everybody's like that. But I think it can't hurt whether your person is like my person or not. Um, and then just note that there could be a little bit of a rocky re-entry period. And so you want to make sure that you're not putting too many demands on the relationship when you do come back together. And I used to find that, that this was applicable even in relationships where I remember a partner of mine was away for a month, um, and we were talking, but even when we came, we were talking much less than usual. But when, even when we got back together, the, it was like a rocky kind of a restart. 
Um, so that's like, it's like two people's energy coming together again and, and, and dancing. And so that's the moment where you would want to really be in your practice, softening your heart, letting your expectations be nilch small, bringing your grace, bringing your kindness, bringing your beauty, but not high nervous system over stimulus. I'm speaking specifically to meditation, but not only that, not only when someone's coming out of meditation or plant medicine ceremony or any of that, it could be someone, you know, I don't know, coming out of a work conference, for instance, that your presence can either be like soothing and nourishing, or it can be like, oh God, that's a lot. I've been both. Ha ha ha. Um, and I do think that just having your core spiritual community where you can bring your heart, where you can share, where, where you can be seen and you can bring that in that space. And then you don't have to bring all that to your partner. I do think that that's really essential. I was saying this, I think on an email I wrote that you can't look to your partner and your friends and your family to just to hold all of you. It just doesn't work. And there are parts of you that they won't be able to understand or see or resonate with or hold. And having a dedicated circle of women is so important. A women's circle sounds like maybe kumbaya, cliche, whatever, but there's a reason that it's that it's been something women have been doing for so long because we need that space and we can't put that on a partner. And I think that I put more on my partner when I don't have enough uh, feminine nourishment around me and I don't have enough women that I can co-regulate with and be with um, and I'm too solo that I'm like more needing him to fulfill certain things. And I can't ask for some of my best friends even to understand my business or my career. And I need to also be in a group of women that I can discuss that with who understand it. And so those, those are big pieces. Um, anyway, I know you've heard me mention this many times, our radical community, awakenings community, our radical awakenings, full spectrum them community. God, I really love a long title, huh? <laughs> we start practicing together twice a month with me, one time a month with Stephanie, who leads a beautiful lunar astro insights and juicy yoga. She's a great New Yorker, total ambassador for Lululemon, I think, and Y7, whatever. She's super dope. And I will be leading spiritual practice, creative practice, sensual practice. There'll be time for Q&A, feminine embodiment space around your expression. I already said that. Um, and yeah, all of that. And you'll get a content bank that has recordings. So you can go back and do the practices again. Um, there is a, a community. We use the platform circle because Facebook, eh, whatever Facebook, love you, but bye. So we have a platform where we share and um, there are, yeah, lots of women come in and share their hearts and what's going on. And it's going to be a great group. It's going to be a great group. It's a year commitment. Um, and you just know that you can say, I'm checking off that I'm going to be doing spiritual practice. I'm checking off that I've got sensual practice checked off and creative practice checked off and that I have a circle of women holding me checked off. 
Those are huge things you get to check off your list for this year. I mean it. I really mean it. I'm with you on it. Okay. So join us. Um, hope this this episode helped you in some way, shape, or form. Let me know if anything came up that um, yeah, inspired you or any conversations or questions. You know, I love to communicate with you guys. DM me, message me, uh, share this with a friend, and I'll see you again real soon. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. For more, 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 follow me on IG at Alexandra Roxo, and you can get on my mailing list where I send poems, practices, rituals, links to upcoming retreats and events, and all kinds of goodies. And if this podcast has touched your heart, please let us know. Please write us a review, give us a five-star rating, all that. It means a lot to myself and everyone involved. Big, big love, my darling. Have a fabulous day and see you again very soon.